You are now tuned into The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is sponsored by Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church of Early Texas. Grace Point meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m. Grace Point meets at the Early Chamber of Commerce while their new worship facility is under construction. More information can be found online at pointtolife.wordpress.com or by mailing Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church at P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. That's Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. And now, with this week's study of the scriptures, here's Pastor Leland Acker. As we continue our journey through the Bible, let's uh, take our Bibles and focus in on Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, we'll be reading the entire chapter today. Exodus chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 1. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 says, And there went a man of the house of Levi, and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days, when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me, as thou killedst the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew enough water for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, Where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, 
with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. In Exodus chapter 2, the Israelites are still in this time of hard bondage at the hand of the Egyptians. This hard bondage included hard labor. It included dangerous labor, uh, long, hard days of work. It included a lot of mistreatment. We read uh, one situation in this passage where an Egyptian was smiting a Hebrew. They were being mistreated and abused. In fact, we go back to Exodus chapter 1 and we'll read where Pharaoh decreed that all the male children, all the male sons should be killed. A male child that is born should be killed upon delivery. So they were ordered to kill their own sons. Yet the harder the Egyptians treated the Israelites, the more the Israelites multiplied, the more they flourished, and the more God blessed them. In Exodus chapter 2, we're told the story of the birth of Moses. The Bible tells us that he was a goodly child, a good-looking child, a a sweet-looking child, a beautiful child, and so his mother hid him as long as she could, which was about three months. And when it got to the point that she could no longer hide him, she hid him in a box that would be floating in the flags of the river, in the, in the brush and in the cane and that sort of thing. Pharaoh's daughter found him and sent him back to his mother for nursing. And at the right time, Moses was sent to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And so Moses is actually put into the Egyptian royal family, and he's given the opportunity to live a life of luxury, to live a life of royalty, to live a life being in control of the Egyptian kingdom and not being a subject of the king like his Hebrew brothers and sisters. But that all changed when he saw an Egyptian assaulting a Hebrew. When he saw this Egyptian assaulting a Hebrew, he killed the Egyptian. And when he did that, the Bible tells us he made a big decision. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 25 say, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And so Moses makes this decision to turn away from the life of luxury that he has and to be sided with God's people. And when that happens, he suffers with God's people. And when he suffers with God's people, he becomes glorified with God's people and God leads them out of Egypt. Now, Moses, when it was discovered that he killed this Egyptian, of course, there was a price on his head, so he fled uh, to Midian. And he lives in Midian, becomes Jethro's son-in-law. And at the end of Exodus chapter 2, we see God's hand is still on the situation. He hears the cries of the Israelites. He remembers his covenant with Abraham, and he looks upon the children of Israel and has respect unto them and begins the process of their deliverance. So in Exodus chapter 2, We're going to take a few lessons from all of this. In Exodus chapter 2, we'll learn from the faith of Moses' mother. We'll learn from the faith of Moses, and we'll learn how God rewards faith. So one of the most overlooked individuals in Scripture is Moses' mother. We, we talk about her, but we don't really take a lesson from her. We just notice how interesting it is that she has this baby. She defies the king's orders. She puts the baby in a box down in the river and winds up saving his life in the process. And she does this amazing thing by faith, and we never really take note of her. So let's uh, take this opportunity and take note of her. The faith of Moses' mother. Moses' mother expressed faith when she obeyed God rather than man. Now, Pharaoh had ordered all of the male babies to be killed. He had ordered all the little boys, all the baby boys to be killed upon delivery. Do not allow them to live. Yet Moses' mother disobeyed this evil order and saved Moses alive. 
Now, the consequences could have been severe for Moses' mother, but she honored God instead of obeying Pharaoh. Faith is manifest. Faith is demonstrated when we follow God against the influence of man. It takes a deep trust in God to obey him, knowing that those around you will hate you for it. It takes a deep trust in God to obey him, even when you could face significant consequences in this time for doing so. We live in a time when merely speaking God's word could get you ostracized. We live in a time when merely speaking God's word can get you fired. We live in a time where merely speaking God's word can get you branded as being politically incorrect, can get you thrown out of the mainstream society, can get you branded as a hater, can get you branded as a, as a hate monger. When merely speaking God's word runs contrary to popular opinion. That's the time that we live in today. Yet God's word tells us that we are to speak it anyway. We are to speak the truth of the scriptures, whether the rest of society wants to hear it or not. Moses' mother trusted God and saved Moses' life, even though that action could have cost her hers. All we face is ostracization ostracization. All we face is being massively rejected if we speak God's word. But the Bible tells us to speak it anyway. We see the faith of Moses' mother and that she was willing to follow God regardless of the consequences. The second thing we see when Moses' mother expresses her faith, we see it in that she trusted God with Moses' fate. She trusted God with what would happen with Moses. Moses' mother placed baby Moses in that box and placed that box in the Nile River. The Nile River not just didn't shove him out and, you know, see you later, but uh, placed him in that box and placed him in the flags by the river. So the box is going to be stationary, floating in the water, and his sister kept an eye on things to see what would happen. Now, this is a huge amount of faith. First of all, she's trusting God to keep that box afloat, even though she did her best to build it properly. Second of all, she's placing Moses in a river that is known for its crocodile population. Now, in Texas, particularly eastern Texas, there's a lot of alligators that live in the water over that direction, but alligators are fairly non-aggressive animals. Crocodiles are the complete opposite. Crocodiles will actually hunt people down. They're very dangerous animals, and the Nile River had a lot of them. Of course, then again, the daughter of Pharaoh is swimming in the river, so that tells you a lot about that situation there. But she trusts God to take care of Moses as he floats in that box in the river, and he is discovered by Pharaoh's daughter. Now, when Pharaoh's daughter discovers him, she winds up giving him back to his mother to be nursed. But the day was coming when Moses' mother would have to take Moses back to Pharaoh. And when she did, she sent him to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And that required a lot of faith as well, because at this point, she was no longer going to be able to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. She was no longer going to be able to steer his direction. She was going to have to trust God with his upbringing from that point on. So in both situations, the placing of Moses in the water and then the sending of Moses to be raised by Pharaoh's daughter, in both cases, she had to let go of Moses and let God take care of him. And that's an ex- that both of those situations are expressions of faith. 
My wife once told me, true faith is exercised when you no longer have to be the solution. In this case, Moses' mother realized that she could no longer be the solution for Moses' life. And so she allowed Moses to go on to live with Pharaoh's daughter, trusting God with the course of his life from that point on. And so Moses' mother expressed faith in that particular situation. Now, up until that point that she sent Moses off to live with Pharaoh's daughter, it's very likely she brought him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. She nursed him from the time he was a baby until he was a young boy. Hebrew women typically, back in those days, nursed their children up to about four or five years of age. Now, that sounds weird for our culture, but you have to understand, back in those days, they didn't have Gerber. They didn't have baby food. They didn't have formula. They didn't have bottles. And so nursing was the only way to properly give nutrition to small children, to young children. So this was a very common thing back in those days. But she nursed him from the time he was a baby until probably he was about four or five years old. And so during that time, she likely taught him about God. She likely taught him about the Hebrew people, about God's promises to their people, which resulted in his decision in verse 11, very likely resulted in his decision in verse 11, to kill the Hebrew who was assault, to kill the Egyptian who was assaulting the Hebrew. We see in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What that tells us is that we are to train a child up and to mold and form that child's way of thinking and his worldview to where he understands what it means to live a life for God and live a life in obedience to God and we're to teach that child to have faith in God. And very likely, this is what Moses' mother did. And so as we study through Exodus chapter 2 here, let's not forget the faith of Moses' mother because that laid the foundation for the great things that Moses himself would do. So in Exodus chapter 2, we see the faith of Moses' mother, and we see the pattern that we can follow after as well, being willing to trust God with those things that we cannot control ourselves, being willing to do the right thing and to follow God, even though it may lead to others turning their backs on us, and it may lead to negative consequences for us. And we also see the example with Moses' mother and the importance of bringing our children and our grandchildren up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So that's the faith of Moses' mother. Now, in Exodus chapter 2, let's look at the faith of Moses. The Bible tells us in, in uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. Now, in this verse, we see something profound happening. We, we take Moses, who has been in Pharaoh's household since the time he was about five, maybe even six years old. I'm sure Moses' mother took her time in returning Moses to Pharaoh's daughter. But from the time he was a young child, Moses has been living in Pharaoh's household in some form or fashion. I'm not quite sure how, you know, where he would have lived, which complex, which palace he would have lived, but he lived the life of luxury as a member of Pharaoh's household. And he's been doing that since he was a young child. And in verse 11, we see that Moses goes down to see his brethren. The Bible says in verse 11, it came to pass in those days that when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And so Moses is going down to see the Hebrews and to evaluate their situation. 
And I believe at this point, Moses already had a heart for his own people, had a heart for the Hebrew people. Moses was concerned about his Hebrew brothers and sisters. He, his heart was with them. That's why he went down to see them. If his, if his heart was after the pleasures of being a member of the royal family and the riches that went with that, he wouldn't have cared about the Hebrew people. He wouldn't have cared about the bondage that they suffered, the sufferings that they went through, or the sacrifices that they made in order to provide him with a life of luxury that he enjoyed. No, his heart was with his people. And that brings up a question in my mind, a question that I've asked myself when it comes to introspection, a question you should ask yourself as well, is where is your heart? Moses' heart was with his people. Is your heart with God and his people, or is your heart with the people of the world and the pleasures of sin? See, Moses, if his heart was with the pleasures of sin and the pleasures of this world, he would have never gone down to see the Hebrews, but he went down to see the Hebrews thus revealing where his heart was. Is your heart with God and his people, or is your heart with the world and the pleasures of sin? Now, as Moses is looking upon his brethren, looking at the Hebrew people and evaluating their burdens, he sees an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, an Egyptian assaulting one of his fellow Hebrews. And so Moses killed the Egyptian who was assaulting the Hebrew. And the Bible tells us in verse 12, and he looked this way and that way. When he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian. And when this happened, the Bible tells us that Moses made a big decision. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 25 say, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now think about this. Moses had a life of luxury as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He had no hardships. He had no he had no personal problems. There were there was no pain to endure there. There was no hard labor. He had no chores to speak of. He didn't have to worry about building a a pyramid. He didn't have to worry about hauling bricks. He didn't have to worry about making bricks. He didn't have to worry about paying taxes. He had plenty of food. He had plenty of riches. He had every resource he could possibly want and was able to do just about anything that he wanted. And he had endless pleasure. He could have enjoyed just about anything that there was to enjoy. And if Moses had stayed there, If Moses had stayed in Pharaoh's palace, no hardship, plenty of food and riches, endless pleasure, he would have been swept up in God's judgment because that judgment was coming. But Hebrews 11, 24 through 25 tells us that Moses made a big decision. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses chose to suffer with God's people so that he could be blessed with them when God would bless them. And there's a biblical concept here. The biblical concept is in order to be blessed with Christ and and to be glorified with Christ, you have to be willing to suffer with Christ. And that's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. 
A lot of people don't want to suffer with Christ. They don't want to suffer the reproach of Christ. They don't want to get dirty looks for living a Christian life because they want to be accepted by the world and its people. But the Bible teaches us that if we are to be glorified with Christ, we're to be identified with him, then that means that we're going to suffer with him as well, which means that the world will hate us the same way it hates Christ. And even back in the book of Exodus, Moses understood this concept. He understood that if he was going to be blessed with the people of God, he was going to have to be willing to suffer with them as well. And so Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 26 through 27, that Moses, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." The Bible tells us that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ, the rejection of Christ, the hatred that was directed toward Christ. He, he esteemed being hated with Christ more than enjoying the treasures of Egypt because Moses, more than the treasures of Egypt, he valued God's reward. He valued the reward of God more than he valued the treasures he could have enjoyed as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He understood that there was a greater recompense of the reward, that there was a greater reward to be had than all the gold of Egypt. And so he turned away from the gold of Egypt and suffered the reproach of Christ and suffered with God's people and dedicated himself to the Lord's service, knowing that God was going to come through and that God was going to reward him for that and that God was going to accept him for that, bless him for that, and receive him into his kingdom. And that right there is the definition of faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Moses understood that if he went to God, that he would be rewarded for diligently seeking the Lord. He understood that God is, and he understood that God was a rewarder, therefore he went with God. That's the definition of faith. And so we see, first of all, we've talked about the faith of Moses' mother, how she was willing to obey God rather than man, how she was willing to let go of the situation when the time came and let God deal with the situation. Now we see the faith of Moses, and the faith of Moses is one that is willing to suffer with Christ and his people as opposed to enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season, and that's a certain level of faith right there. And so that brings to mind the question, what big decision will you make today? Will you choose the Lord and worship with his people? Or will you enjoy the pleasures of sin? One key ingredient to faith is knowing that God rewards faith. God heard, saw, and was concerned about the plight of his people. We look in verses 23 through 25. It says, And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. They cried, and their cry came up to God by reason of the bondage, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. The children of Israel kept Joseph's bones because Joseph told them that they would be leaving Egypt someday. He wanted them to take his bones to the promised land with them and bury him there. That coffin reminded the Israelites of God's promise 
And so they continued to trust God even as they went through that time of bondage and that time of hard labor. So as they suffered, they suffered looking forward to God's deliverance. And that's kind of the way we live life in this world today. If you're a Christian, you suffer in this world. You suffer in this lifetime, but you suffer looking forward to the day that God delivers us from all that and that he welcomes us into his kingdom. We suffer from health problems. We suffer sometimes from persecution, from being ostracized. We suffer separation from friends and from family members. We sacrifice for the Lord, but we do all this looking through the pain and looking forward to that day that the Lord comes and establishes his kingdom, just as those Israelites back in the book of Exodus looked through the pain of their hardships toward the day that God would deliver them out of Egypt and take them into the promised land. And God rewarded that faith by preparing Moses to lead them out. As Moses is going into Midian here, Midian here, he's going to Midian, he marries the daughter of the Midianite priest, and he has a son named Gershom. While all that's going on, God is preparing him to lead his people out of Egypt. The Bible tells us that God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And he looked upon the children of Israel and he had respect unto them. God had not forgotten the children of Israel. God had not turned away from the children of Israel. He continued to keep his hand upon them, to watch them, and he heard their cries. You know what? When we cry out to God, He hears our cries, and he responds to them and has respect unto us. And so God, here at Exodus chapter 2, is preparing. He's preparing Moses, and he's preparing his plan to deliver his children out of the bondage of Egypt. But as he would lead his children out of the bondage of Egypt, he would also judge Egypt in the process. And that leads to a big decision that the, that the people have to make, whether they're going to follow God and all that or whether they're going to follow Egypt. And those who followed the Egyptian plan wound up being caught up in God's judgment. But those who trusted in the Lord and obeyed his commandments, they were the ones that were delivered. And so as we look here in Exodus chapter 2, we learn a whole lot about faith. And we learn the different dimensions of faith and the different expressions of faith. We learn from the faith of Moses' mother. We learn from the faith that it takes in order to follow God's commandments and to follow God's word rather than to go along with the things that the world is leading us to do. Moses' mother was called upon to kill her son when he was born. She refused to do that. Instead, following God's commandment and following God's plan even though that could have cost her everything. That took a lot of faith. Today, we have to have that same sort of faith. Today, the world tells us that we have to adopt certain values. The world tells us that we have to be accepting of certain abominations unto God. The the world tells us that we have to toe the party line when it comes to what the world thinks is good and what the world thinks is bad. But we know what the true definition of good and bad are, and that's found in the Bible. And so it takes faith to stick to the scriptures as a guide of what's good and what's bad, even when the world is telling us not to do that. That takes a lot of faith. Moses' mother expressed her faith in that at the right time, she was willing to let go of Moses and let God take over his life and let God guide his life and to trust God to do that. And many times we have to express our faith in letting go of situations and letting God take care of those situations. And that takes a lot of faith as well. When it comes to being parents and being grandparents and being those who are raising children, we have to express faith in bringing our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and teaching them about the Lord, even when everything in the world is teaching our children the exact opposite. We still have to step up 
and be the ones to teach our children. That takes a lot of faith, and that's how Moses' mother modeled her faith for us. We see the faith of Moses, the faith of Moses, in that he was willing to step down from a life of luxury and from a life where he could have everything that he wanted in order to suffer with the people of God, in order to suffer with his Hebrew brothers and sisters. He stepped down from the life of luxury in order to follow God. And that took a lot of faith. That took trusting that God was going to work the situation out and that God was going to reward him for doing so. And we learn to apply that situation to our lives as well. We learn that we need to make that decision to have a heart for God and his people and to worship with his people and to be a part of his people and to encourage his people as his people encourage us and to do all of that, even though the world may turn its backs on us as we do that. We still have to have the faith in order to do that. We have to have the faith in order to suffer with Christ if we want to be glorified with Christ. And that takes a lot of faith. And that's the faith that Moses expressed here in Exodus chapter two. And then we learn that God rewards faith. As we get to the end of Exodus chapter two, he's preparing to deliver his people out of Egypt. He's rewarding their faith and that they never turn their backs on him during that entire time of slavery and that God would reward their faith. And he was preparing to do that at the end of Exodus chapter two. And we need to realize that God will reward our faith as well. So what we learn here from Exodus chapter two is to trust, the, is to trust God in all things and to trust him to work out those things which we cannot. Thank you, and may God bless you. You've been listening to The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is a radio ministry of Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, which meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m., at the Early Chamber of Commerce, 104 East Industrial Drive in Early, just off Highway 377, next to Pate's Hardware. Mail to P.O. Box 3134, Early, Texas, 76803. May God bless you, and thank you for listening.